G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Work. It's Neil Johnson in the hot seat with you. 2020, we're talking about marriage this hour and asking the question, can a dead marriage be resurrected? And for some people, that's a confronting thing because uh, some people think that marriage is gone and forgotten once you've been divorced. Well, we'll talk through all sorts of things to do with marriage today, including the idea uh, that divorce may not be the end for you and your spouse. Two special guests to introduce initially, and another two to introduce very shortly. Uh, Ian and Jane Watts are the national coordinators of what is called Two Equal One. Uh, there was a series of marriage courses uh, that were underway in a number of organisations. They have come under the one banner of Two Equal One in 90 countries around the world. We're talking about a marriage course today uh, that is in 90 countries and Ian and Jane Watts, the national coordinators, will also be speaking to the state coordinators for the Queensland uh, uh, section of uh, Two Equal One shortly. Ian and Jane, welcome along to 2020. Uh, Thank you, Neil. Good afternoon. Well, great to be able to talk to you guys again. We have had uh, some tremendous conversations in the past and uh, no trouble at all me inviting you back because you guys are some of the most transparent people I have ever met. Let me just say that up front. Uh, And when I say transparent, you are not shy talking about your own struggles in marriage and there has been a journey in your life Uh, from where things were falling apart, falling to pieces, and now being the national coordinators of a marriage course which helps people put broken marriages back together. Ian, let me come to you first. Uh, Just recount for us uh, some of the, uh, well, you know, tell us your story just quickly. You're talking about the dirty laundry, are you? Uh, the dirty laundry. I mean, I, I, you know, this is the sort of thing, uh, you know, where we start to dig out the dirty laundry. And, and I mentioned transparency. Uh, tell us your dirty laundry for a, a few moments. Yeah, sure. Um, well, Jane and I have been married for 35 years now, and uh, that's amazing because five years into our marriage, I had an affair with a girl at work, and uh, that uh, brought absolute devastation to our marriage uh, for me. Uh, I was oblivious to all. I was just focused on chasing after this other girl. Uh, even thought uh, maybe I could have her in the house as well, you know, have two wives. Um, and, uh, of course, I didn't know Christ at the time, but uh, uh, I was just maybe looking at things the way the world sees them and uh, uh, was more just interested in myself rather than in our marriage. And Jane can probably fill you in on how she felt about that. Jane? Well, obviously... Devastated. <laughs> that would be the only word I could use. You know, it was just uh, when I got married, even though I we weren't Christians, we were brought up in sort of Christian households and to, to some extent anyway. And I knew that marriage was forever. When I said, till death do us part, I honestly thought that's what marriage was about. And because my parents had modelled that. And so when I, my husband was having an affair, I just didn't know what to do or where to turn. In fact, I was so devastated, I felt like committing suicide. 
And I guess you guys were probably feeling at the time, well, it's all happening to us, it's falling to pieces, there is no hope in sight. What was it that brought about some level of hope for you, Ian? Uh, Well, for me, um, I guess I wasn't really that committed to the relationship. Um, I guess it was only when I uh, heard that Jane had considered committing suicide that I realised that I'd, what I was doing, the sort of the blinkers came off my eyes and I realised uh, what I'd done to her. Um, you know, I guess I'd say now that it were, I'd realised my sin, but I didn't uh, recognise it at the time. And uh, so I uh, I repented in the true sense of the word. I cut off that relationship with the other girl and uh, and tried to make things right uh, uh, with us. And Jane, you could have run away, you could have ended it all, you could have gone through divorce, that could have been the last you'd have seen of this philandering scoundrel, Uh, but you chose that that was not going to be the direction. What was your choice? Well, I just chose to forgive him. That is the bottom line. And forgiveness is is the start always of uh, getting a marriage healed. And I was just thinking earlier today, I was thinking about Jesus and he he went to that cross, didn't he? And on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And when we, I'm sure when the disciples stood at the bottom of that cross, they thought it was dead, it was over, that that whole journey that they'd had with Jesus, there was nothing more but God. And really, when I was in that situation with Ian and we stood at that place of devastation, to be honest, I really thought it was over too. I, it never occurred to me that my husband would actually repent and turn around. I just thought, this is it. It's, it's finished. It's gone. But I want to invite our listeners to be part of our conversation. We're talking about today the question, can a dead marriage be resurrected? Well, we have listeners uh, who may find themselves in all sorts of different circumstances and predicaments. Uh, Opening the talkback line, if you'd like to be part of our conversation today, our talkback line number 1-800-316-316. You might have your own thoughts Uh, You might have some alternative ideas. You might tell these guys you did it all wrong. Well, uh, you can uh, give us your thoughts today, 1-800-316-316. Another couple to introduce to you shortly who went through a a dreadful experience and were even in divorce. And uh, there is a rescue that came for their marriage. We'll be hearing from them shortly. Ian, let me just uh, ask you, people who run marriage courses, sometimes there's this perception that people who run marriage courses somehow or other got it all right at the start and they're all sort of wonderful people who just never have a problem. You guys are almost the exact opposite to that because when you talk about your transparent story, and that you are now just, uh, you know, gung-ho, uh, helping rescue marriages. This is an exciting thing, and it sort of goes against the typical perception. Yeah, it certainly is an exciting thing to uh, see God uh, make a difference in, in people's marriages. Um, we've got it all together? No, no way. Uh, I mean, uh, do we ever have arguments? Yes. Uh, do we ever have disagreements? Do we ever have uh, a place where we don't see eye to eye quite often. But uh, Jesus has, uh, in his word, the Bible, has uh, methods and uh, strategies for us to actually uh, overcome those things and to deal with them in a godly way rather than an ungodly way. So the marriage course isn't about getting it all right. Of course not. Uh, You know, you get two people living under the same roof, you're going to have disagreements. But it does give you the strategies to be able to overcome 
those things when they, they come to the surface. And Jane, infidelity is not the only reason why marriages fall apart. There are lots and lots of reasons, and everyone has their own story. Uh, well, what's the Bible uh, wisdom that comes to people who are finding themselves in a state where you know everything seems to be lost, all hope seems to be gone? What sort of what happens in the life of a Christian, yeah. someone who's a believer, that yeah. says maybe not all is lost? Well, the one thing we do know is that when Jesus went to that cross, he died, but he rose again on the third day. And uh, that is exactly, I think, everything in our life as a Christian that comes to a point of death, that is exactly what God has in mind. You know, when you stand at that point of death, you, in the natural, we just see devastation, but God sees the resurrected life. And he's, you know, like when I stood at that point of, of that death of our marriage, God saw Ian and Jane, national leaders of, a, of the ministry to marriages. But if you'd told me that at the time, I would have laughed. Yes. Like this is what you've got to go through in order to have some level of wisdom to be able to sow into the lives of others who will eventually be leaders themselves, helping to rescue marriages, yes. helping to revive marriages and helping marriages to get back onto a straight and narrow. Because there is a sense, isn't there, in which when we talk about marriage in a Christian biblical context, we are talking about a lifelong commitment. Uh, something that here in Australia, back to the 1970s, got watered down a whole lot with the changes to uh, marriage and divorce laws. The lifelong idea of marriage is an important aspect to understand as a biblical Christian. That's right, Neil. Um, and you were talking about covenant earlier. And when we uh, get married, we talked uh, once before about the vows that we make. And one of those is that we say, until death do us part. And that seems to get thrown out the window very quickly when trouble and strife comes knocking at the door. But uh, if you look at how God sees things, uh, I know in um, you know Ephesians uh, 1 verse 4, it says, He chose uh, us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. And that's, uh, that's an amazing thing to even think about. But if you look at that word sight, you know, God has vision for our marriages. You know, it goes on a bit further in that passage to talk about how he's adopted us into him, into Christ, as sons and daughters. And so as a, as a parent, uh, we all have vision for our children, don't we? We, we might not uh, see it come to pass. We might think doctors, lawyers, that sort of thing. But we all want the best for our children. And we, and we have some sort of vision in our hearts for them. Well, how much more does God have vision for us and vision for our marriages? And so, um, you know, when, when I committed adultery, when uh, our marriage was a mess... Um, I had no vision at all. Jane didn't have a vision, but God had a vision. And uh, and I guess what we would like to talk about in this hour is how uh, we can get hold of God's vision for our marriage and agree with him and uh, see that vision come to pass. And, of course, the strength that comes to marriages comes in this mentoring way, a way that we can see other people's uh, faults, other people's uh, misguided uh, decisions and choices that have been made and learn and become wise as a result of those. Now, I know that the founders of Two Equal One, Mike and Marilyn Phillips, they had their own story to tell. Oh, they certainly did. Uh, they come from Denver uh, in the States. And uh, this was about 30 years ago now, uh, maybe 35. Um, Mike had come into the house and said he wanted a divorce. Uh, the reason being is that uh, he had uh, 
uh, left, wanted to leave Marilyn and, and had run off with her best friend. And so now he wanted to get married to the best friend and leave her. Uh, she was pregnant with her third child. And so you can see the picture that's being painted mm-hmm. here. Absolute mess and devastation. Well, she went to counsellors. Uh, she went to her friends. Uh, she'd recently got saved. She'd recently found Jesus. And uh, she just got all the same thing. You know, give him up. He's useless. You know, uh, and even the pastor would say to her, you know, uh, Mike, you should just let them be happy. You know, just get a divorce and let, let Mike and this new girl be happy. Well, it's totally totally contrary to the word of God. And so um, eventually, after a lot of tears, uh, she went to the person she should have gone to in the first place, and that was Jesus. And she got a faith vision uh, from uh, from Timothy about uh, about Mike being the husband of one wife, the elder in the church, you know, a, a man not given to drunkenness. Uh, and he was not one of those things. But God showed her that vision, and she believed him. And I guess really... When we're talking about vision, it's about: Do you really believe Jesus? Do you, as a Christian, do you really believe? Because we're so quick to throw away uh, something that uh, is so valuable in our lives uh, when trouble comes. But if we really believe Him, if we really believe His Word, then He can turn this around. He He is here today to give you some hope that uh, even though your marriage might be an absolute disaster. You know, Jane and I are testament to the fact that he can turn a marriage around even when you don't know him. We are taking calls. Our special guests this hour, Ian and Jane Watts, they're the national coordinators of the marriage ministry called Two Equal One. We're taking calls 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from Sue, who's in Queenstown in Tasmania. Hello, Sue. Welcome along to 2020. Hello. Thank you very much for taking my call. I think this uh, conversation is tremendous and it's wonderful hearing what your guests are saying um, because it raises a number of issues for myself, not least of all the fact that my last marriage ended through adultery and unfortunately my husband turned out to have a pornography addiction and a sex addiction and I think this is something that seriously needs to be looked at that it's causing total devastation in this nation right across the board, that we've reached a point of such godlessness and of being, particularly men it would seem, being so influenced by sexual stimulation, sexual images, um, lusting after other women and so on. It's, It's just devastating marriages. But what I would like to say also is that um, it was pointed out that forgiveness is essential in the process of restoring a marriage. And I was certainly prepared to take my husband back after finding out he had been having this relationship. But um, unfortunately, we had had many years of enormous turbulence by that stage. And what ultimately um, prevented our marriage from being rescued was the dishonesty. If he'd been honest about the whole situation... Sue, let's uh, let's hear from our guests, uh, Ian and Jane, and just Thank responding you. to the sorts of things that you're sharing. And certainly we live in a sexualized society, uh, Ian and Jane, and when things do fall apart because those things have an effect on marriage, uh, there is a, a forgiveness response that's necessary. Your thoughts, uh, first of all, Ian, on what, uh, on what Sue from Queenstown is sharing? 
Yeah, thanks for calling in, Sue. Yes, the um, the problem with pornography is a massive one. I agree with that. Um, I was heavily into pornography at the time of um, my affair, uh, and it certainly does uh, really mess with your mind, and there is so much out there. I think there's something that Jane, uh, we were talking about this last night, because it doesn't go away. I wouldn't say that um, uh, even now uh, we have so many images that uh, that come before us. And um, uh, we are saying about this last night, you know, when the, that scripture that says, I'll remove your sin as far as the east is from the west, uh, that apparently is in the way the Jews look at it, is that um, uh, you look to the west and that's where your sin is, then don't look to the west, you look to the east uh, where Jesus is. And uh, and so, uh, you know, as, as far as trying to overcome those temptations, it's a choice. It very much is. And, and your husband, uh, he obviously made the wrong choice there, as I had made the wrong choices. But um, uh, the um, I guess the key very much in this is repentance. It's turning around from those things that you're doing. And as, as a wife, um, so difficult. Uh, Jane, would you like to... Yes, um, one thing that um, because even as we when we became Christians, Ian and I we did this marriage course, and we found out that we need to lock our shields together because we have an enemy, and his name is Satan, and he will do anything he can to destroy your marriage, and so instead of fighting one another, we learned to lock our shields together. So if Ian got tempted in the area of of lusting after other women, he would come and tell me because we learned to be transparent because anything that's hidden between you will cause division. So he would tell me he's having problems. We would pray together about that. Now, I am not saying that's easy. To listen to your hearing your husband is finding another woman attractive. But you see, Jesus is bigger than, than those things. And if we say, Jesus, I'm going to do it your way because I love you and I want you in my life and I want you in the middle of my marriage, we would just pray together. We would come against that enemy attack that was coming from Satan and we would tell him, where to go. Get out of our life, get out of our marriage. We will not let you into this point of wounding. Sue from Queenstown, thank you so much for your input today here on 2020. We are talking marriage this hour and asking the question, can a dead marriage be resurrected? And our special guests this hour, Ian and Jane Watts, they're the national coordinators of a marriage ministry called Two Equal One. In 90 countries around the world, Ian and Jane are the national leaders here in Australia. There are some state leaders too. Mike and Christine Hilberts are the Queensland state leaders of Two Equal One and they have their own story to tell when it comes to marriage because Mike and Christine were divorced five years and God still rescued their marriage. Let's welcome both uh, Mike and Christine. Mike and Christine, welcome along to 2020. Thank you very much. Thank you. Mike, what is your story? Uh, it's an amazing one if, uh, if I sort of get that feeling right. Uh, divorced for five years and God still came and rescued your marriage. Tell us, how did it all fall apart, first of all? Basically, I was a very rebellious child uh, in a family of eight, four boys and four girls. Um, basically, um, my parents I didn't honour, and when I went into my uh, teenager life and then into marriage, uh, respect wasn't one of the things that I had. And uh, basically, uh, through life, uh, we were, Christine and me were in a fairly big business, uh, um, my attitude wasn't a good attitude. 
So the upbringing was the contributor to the fact that you weren't able to hold things together as a husband. That is correct, yes. Not honouring and and not respecting. Uh, Christine, from your side of the the coin, what was going on that brought everything to pieces? Dissension, um, financial issue with the business, um, intense fellowship very intense fellowship. Um, We had four children as well, so the pressure was too much for the both of us. Um, There were no other sexual relationships in between, which looking back, I think that was a plus, probably about the only plus. Um, However, there were a lot, a lot of issues we don't have all day and all night, but it just exploded in the end. Living became too much. How long was your first marriage? Um, 22 and a half years. Right, 22 and a half years, I forgot, yes. Yes. So you were married 22 and a half years and then you divorced. Yes, yes. How long did the breakdown take? The breakdown was taking, say, seven years approximately, seven years. It was breaking down, getting worse. And um, Mike's father's advice to him and his brother were to divorce the wives Mike, so far as the seven years, I guess, of a slow uh, anger, uh, all sorts of stress, pressures that were on you that got to the point of actually uh, calling it a day, uh, is that the, is that the case? Yes, that's right. It, it, and it is, you get advice from people and you look back and you say, well, that advice you got wasn't the right advice, and I only say that. But I had a very good friend, and he was a Christian, and, and I was building a... Um, a 350 passenger ferry boat and uh, he was a Christian doing all my engineering work and uh, he used to talk to me and he used to say things like um, well God loves you and I go oh yeah who's that bloke (laughs) and uh, basically as I was going through he was the one that actually brought me to the Lord and God had given him for a period of the time that we were in business uh, for 16 years to pray for me for salvation and uh, that's what's one of the things that Christine comes to the Lord first and then I come to the Lord uh, about four years later after that. You both came to the Lord and I'm sure there is so much that we're going to have to skip over because we haven't got time to hear the whole story. But let me come to the reformation of this marriage. After five years, having been divorced, how did that romance rekindle? Um, I was at a, um, meeting where there was a prayer, a, a preacher, and, uh, I, I used to say to anybody, anyone pushes me over, I'll uh, knock their little heads off for them. But, uh, I was out there and, uh, they, this gentleman prayed over me and I hit the floor and I jumped up. And then, uh, if someone, I'll, Christine will tell you that. Yeah. Hey, Christine. Uh, at that, at that point. I was sort of horrified seeing Michael even in the church, and I thought, oh, no. So my heart wasn't quite right there. Um, I always prayed for Michael, though, always prayed for him and the family, but never thinking ever to get back together. So when Mike fell on the floor, slain in the spirit, I thought, oh. And God was saying to me, walk over to him and hold his hand. And I was not being very good and saying, you've got to be kidding. And then a lady unknown to me turned around and said, 
if you don't do as God has asked, you will blow the whole plan out the water. And everyone around went, oh, and I said, okay, okay. So I walked up to behind Mike and held his hand and then the prophet prayed over us and we were slain together in, his, in each other's arms. So here we are lying in the middle of the floor together in each other's arms. So that was the beginning of us talking and getting together. It was purely of God. It was not by human choice. And this was happening in the prayer line at your local church. You'd been divorced for five years. Yes. It's an incredible shock uh, to see Mike turn up in church. You didn't want to see him in church. You're in the prayer line together. And God does something miraculous to rekindle the relationship. Mm-hmm. When did you realize after you'd been prayed for, after this experience that you've had, it's like an encounter with God there in the prayer line at church. Uh, how did the romance then begin to build? I was only a very new Christian, basically. And um, I was down in Wellington, New South Wales, renovating in a house. And uh, basically I went to a Christian church and I was prophesied over me me by a, par- a traveling pastor who had only come in that Sunday and she told me that she actually asked about someone I was praying about God about my children that I want to have a relationship with them I had a very strained relationship from before that uh, and for the certain things to actually happen but not get to get back with my wife that was one of the things I didn't ask for <laughs> I thought no I didn't want that one Anyway, she prophesied over me what the canker worm had taken away, God was going to return to me. And uh, basically, uh, those things have all come to pass, and an extra one was my wife. Christine, let me ask you, what do your children feel now, uh, having seen you go through 22 years of marriage first, uh, those seven years where things were falling to pieces, five years then of divorce, Mm. and now you're under the same roof? What do your children feel about that? Our children are adults, married adults with children, so we're blessed with seven beautiful grandchildren. At the time, our children had forgiveness to do too, to forgive their dad for what had happened. There were hurts. Usually children who are left with a parent are very self-reliant on that parent left And shock horror to a lot of people, God removed me through a lot of circumstances to the large island of Hawaii with some pastors where he gave the time and space to restore the marriage back, sorry, the um, relationship between the children back to their dad because having me there, I would have been in the way. Hindsight shows that because the children are very reliant on that one that's left. So Mike was restored back to the children. So what we have here is not just in some respect a a miraculous restoration of a marriage between two people, but also a restoration to children. Definitely, yes. Definitely Mm. a restoration to the children. All our children, uh, except for one, she uh, hasn't accepted the Lord yet, but we just believe that she will be. We also, our son, approximately about nine years ago, passed away in in his sleep. And I just prayed to the Lord for nine months. I cried and and prayed to the Lord. And the Lord gave me an answer for that when I was in Sydney. And the answer was that he was with me to get onto the ministry that he gave me. And that was marriage ministry. That's why I'm a leader of Queensland today.
It is an incredible journey, and mm. God is in the business of the miraculous and uh, certainly seen in your story. Uh, to both of you, Mike and Christine, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Special guests this hour, Ian and Jane Watts. They're the national coordinators of the marriage ministry called Two Equal One. And we have just heard the story of the Queensland leaders of Two Equal One, Mike and Christine Hilberts. Uh, Ian and Jane back in the seat now to continue our conversation. I've got to say, uh, Ian and Jane, uh, you've got to be careful when you're in church. If you've if you've been divorced and your spouse or your former spouse walks in, uh, look out because miracles might be about to happen. Uh, yeah, that's right. Now. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, there is a a special place in church, isn't there? It's a place where we can come together to worship Jesus, and when we focus on Him, that's when things start to happen. And uh, you know. Uh, Jesus has a vision for all of our marriages. He he, he wants to us to come into the fullness of that. And uh, so, you know, part of that is uh, with our courses, uh, Married for Life. It is a discipleship course primarily. But the main thing about it is that it helps you to focus on Jesus in your marriage and put him in the center where he needs to be. Because when Jesus is in the center, that's when things start to work. Let me ask you about these courses before we go another step further. Uh, Two Equal One is in 90 countries around the world. Uh, we know that Two Equal One was a uh, a sort of a, a ministry that was formed out of a number of marriage courses. Uh, so the the reputation is there. And we're talking about marriage courses like Nova Shalom and one that was called Married for Life. And there are a number of courses, not just for people whose marriages are on the rocks uh, and falling to pieces, uh, but Ian, there's a number of courses for for families. Tell me about the, the range of courses that you guys are are in charge of. Sure. Yeah, the original course was called Married for Life and still is. Um, it came from a number of different uh, uh, ba- under a number of d- different banners like Nova Shalom and Marriage Ministries, Families for Life in Australia. Uh, but that marriage course is primarily our main flagship course. Which, uh, uh, I mean, if you, when it comes to parenting, uh, if the marriage is working well, then uh, you're going to be able to parent your children well. But uh, if that uh, if that marriage is not going so well and um, uh, and you just really can't uh, get to that marriage course, uh, maybe a parenting course is good for you because uh, it helps you to focus on the children uh, where often the issues aren't as great. Uh, often people will look for the children's wel- welfare when they uh, when they won't be uh, able to face face their own issues. So we have a course called Parents for Life, and of course we have uh, another course uh, for premarriage. Because uh, as one, someone said, uh, it's better to put a, uh, a fence at the top of the cliff than an ambulance at the bottom. <laughs> yes. And so we have uh, a course that prepares those going into marriage, not to say that marriage is like jumping off a cliff, but uh, but uh, the point is there. You know, sometimes you, you maybe you shouldn't be married. And I know parents often go through uh, the drama of, uh, of their children maybe not marrying the right person. Well, uh, the, uh, the one course actually helps... Uh, uh, individual uh, people decide uh, in God whether they should be married or not. And uh, I guess as um, an advance to that, there's, uh, they're developing a, uh, a new singles course which will help singles to find out um, a, whether they should be married and also to prepare for marriage when they do meet the one that God's chosen for them. 
Jane, not everyone is in desperate circumstances in their marriage. Uh, you know, love that cliff illustration, you know, the fence at the top of the cliff rather than the ambulance at the bottom. And, uh, you know, you guys have such confronting stories and we've heard some really, really, uh, you know, confronting stories today about how marriages get to rock bottom and uh, eventually end in divorce. But not everybody is at that point. Uh, the sorts of people who do courses like yours uh, what sort of backgrounds are they coming from? I'm sure not everybody needs the ambulance. No, not everyone needs the ambulance. And actually, the course is designed for every marriage. And I would recommend that every marriage should actually do marriage courses because the, the thing is that Ian and I, we had been to Bible college and uh, after we became Christians and we we really didn't know a lot about how a Christian marriage should run. So when this course came up, we thought we would do it. And we were shocked at what we learnt. And because we've put those principles into our life, our marriage has become rock solid. And I don't think if we had done that course, our marriage would be as solid as what it is. And that Married for Life course, it not just teaches you about marriage, it teaches you really about just our walk with Jesus all over. It's really for everyone, to be honest, but it's put into a marriage um, scenario. And to be honest, without that course, I don't think that Ian and I would be in the place that we are today because we have put the principles into practice and we are continuing to get that closer and closer walk with Jesus. Ian, I suspect that some people go into marriage or even think about marriage as though, uh, well, if I've got some good luck on my side, uh, I'll have married the right person or somehow or other I accidentally fell into a relationship that was good. I suspect uh, that, uh, you know, that doing it by accident or expecting good luck isn't actually going to see you through the tough times. No, it's not. And um, uh, really, it's the covenant that we make uh, when we say, Till death do us part, because if we uphold that, it means that we have that safety and security net so that when trouble or circumstances come against us, we can uh, stand on that. And uh, part of that is actually getting God's vision um, for our marriage. Um, I know uh, Michael and Christine, something that uh, God showed Christine was that Michael was this rough diamond, you know, it was just a rock really. Uh, and that God had to cut all the facets of that. And, and certainly Michael has become that today, that uh, that bright, shining example of uh, what God can do in a marriage. Um, you know, if I'd already shared with uh, what Mike and Marilyn Phillips got. Um, for us, it was uh, more that God was going to, um, because we uh, came into this course later on, uh, it, he showed us that uh, we were going to uh, be this bright, shining light. We were going to take the rubble of broken down marriages and build them into the wall like Nehemiah built up the walls of Jerusalem. And uh, uh, when he gave us that vision, we, uh, we'd we only just started in this course, but uh, now we can see that uh, coming to pass. And God has a vision for each one of your marriages out there. He wants great things. He wants to come in the power of his spirit and just help you as husband and wife, not just to have this nice marriage, but to be out there impacting others for his kingdom and for his glory. I suspect, Jane, the old Aussie, she'll be right attitude. I don't need to take any sort of action right now. Things seem to be going okay and, you know, things will smooth over. It'll be all right. Uh, that attitude, too, actually has some major consequences if you don't deal with getting into something that actually helps your marriage go on an upward trajectory. Yep. 
often we just sweep things under the carpet. And I think, you know, like that's true. Australians, we just do have that she'll be right attitude. And, and we do find that a lot of people, there's almost a shame that if I do a marriage course, there must be something wrong with me. But that is not true. I really believe that if, if people would actually step up and proactively say, I need, want to learn more about how to do marriage right, because marriage is not just about you and your husband. Your children learn how to do marriage by watching you. They see what you do and they actually implement what you do and your attitudes. They don't actually learn by just um, getting taught. They get taught by you. And so when you get your marriage right and you get it totally under the banner of Jesus, you are impacting your generations. You're impacting your children, your grandchildren, and your great-grandchildren. You are actually putting into them the principles that God wants to see in their marriage. Now, you guys are offering listeners a free booklet uh, when they contact you and uh, point people to the website 2equal1.com. That's 2 equal one. Uh, dot com. Uh, Ian, this booklet, uh, Whose Report Will You Believe? Uh, what will people read when they get a hold of it? They'll hear about uh, Marilyn and Mike's story uh, and probably a deeper story, the background that uh, led to the breakdown of their marriage and uh, what Jesus did to uh, to bring restoration. And, and uh, listeners out there, we have uh, two booklets. There's one called Whose Report Will You Believe? Another one called First Aid for a wounded marriage. And so if you uh, do want to email us, uh, we will be more than happy to send one of those out to you. And what it will do is it will give you hope, hope that it's not ended, that Jesus can do something. We have such hope and faith for so many things in our lives. You know, it might be for the new house or the job or the healing of our mum or the children or whatever. But Jesus is saying, have hope for your marriage because he's wanting to be in there, to be a part of it. And... uh, you know, Jesus just wants to, to come and uh, and be the centre of your marriage. He wants to, to help you and to give you uh, direction for the future. Okay, so when people go to that website at 2equal1.com, uh, make contact with Ian and Jane Watts. Uh, you'll find a link there where you can send them an email. Uh, they'll be back in touch with you and they'll send a copy of that book called Whose Report Will You Believe? So write that down, www.2equal1, 2equal1.com. Uh, Jane, just before we, uh, we're running out of time now, uh, when we talk about the sorts of things you do to work at your marriage, yeah. uh, we've spoken about this before. Remind me the sorts of things that you and Ian do each day to keep your marriage strong. I would say the main thing is praying together every single day. And if you even if you don't your marriage is in disrepair, you may not be able to pray with your partner, but I'm going to tell you the three things that we put into that prayer and you can do it by yourself and by faith be praying for your your spouse. And so the very first thing of course is forgiveness. We've talked about that before. If you don't don't forgive, Jesus cannot intervene on your behalf. The second thing is that you must bless the other person. And even if your marriage is in disarray, it says, bless those who curse you, do good to those who don't do good to you. So no matter what they do to you, you must bless them. The third thing is that to thank Jesus for what 
who your spouse is and also for the vision that he has for you, for them. That, you know, if you ask and pray and ask, say, Jesus, how do you see my marriage partner? You get that scripture and you start thanking Jesus that that's who they're going to be and agree with him, that's what you will see. And Ian, it works. It works, yes. Uh, we've seen it time and time again. And I guess the thing I'd uh, say is, uh, on a day-to-day basis, we can pray these things, but then we can go around and say, "Oh, my husband, he's just a lazy blah blah blah," or "My wife, she she just doesn't uh, look after me or care for me." Um, we can curse by our words. So even though we might be praying one thing, we might be speaking out something different. So it's vitally important that we actually bless during the day, that we lift up our husbands and our wives, uh, that what we're saying agrees with God's word, that we're speaking his language, not Satan's language. It has been a privilege again talking to you guys, Ian and Jane Watts, the national coordinators of Two Equal One, and also thank you to Mike and Christine Hilberts, who shared their story too of having been divorced for five years, and miraculously God restored their relationship, and they are now happily married and leading a marriage course. Thank you to all of you for being involved today. Thanks, Neil. Thank you, Neil. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts. Or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.